Yeah, I would say uh, the reason why it's important is obviously there's become more of a, a focus on concussions in the last probably five to ten years. Um, but as with anything with any student athletes, it really takes a team approach from coaches, from athletic training staff, uh, medical staff, strength coaches, nutritional therapists. Uh, there, there's all kinds of impact that, that you can pick up uh, from, from just being around um, the athletes. And I would argue that strength coaches have some of the biggest influence in uh, in an athlete's life. They probably spend as much time as anybody. And so being able to um, to know that person and to uh, to be able to just speak into their life, uh, a lot of times athletes are really scared with concussions, uh, whether it's what's the long-term effect, what is this gonna hinder me from being on the field? Uh, I don't want people to know about it because then I might get held out. And so as a strength coach, uh, you have the opportunity to be able to, uh, as with any injury, be able to speak into that and, and help them to understand uh, not only what's going on, but then also what are times when you should take it seriously and, and maybe sit out for a little bit uh, so that you can actually fully recover. <clears throat> now, why is it that they're like, okay, that makes sense. As a strength coach, we understand them, but you know, I guess from a bigger global picture, how come kids aren't feeling comfortable to be able to talk about this? Like, how come, like, what is the, what is the barrier? What is the, the problem about just a kid being able to be like, hey, man, my head don't feel right. Like, how, how does that work? Well, I'll even, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons why we got into concussions, uh, and, and we can share that, just our background a little bit if you want. Sure, sure. Go, go, uh, let them know. Because uh, Dr. Sam had had a concussion in high school, mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of back in the the barbarian days when they didn't really talk you about can't it. See it, it's not an injury. Yeah, exactly. Well, and just to go into that a little bit, so playing football, playing middle linebacker, guys out on a swing pass, I read it, I'm going to light up the running back. Okay. Well, our free safety comes flying out of nowhere and just blindsides me, just mm-hmm. takes me out, and honestly, I, to this day, I don't remember any of it. The only thing I know about it is from watching the film. Okay, so anyway, um, got smoked by my own guy, didn't see it coming. I bounced right back up. You know, looking at me, you would have had no clue anything happened. Um, middle linebacker, defensive play caller, so I'm calling a lot of plays. Speaks to the uh, intelligence of my teammates that it took about five plays for them to be like, this dude's saying he's playing for the Tennessee Titans. Like, what is going on here? And he's not a Tennessee Titan guy. I'm not, not that level. <laughs> um, and I don't know if to this day they're just pulling my leg or if that's what I was actually saying, but I was saying some wacky stuff. But anyway, I was in for the next five plays, and I was in on the tackle all five plays. So from a motor standpoint, I was functioning great. You know, you would have had no clue that anything happened. I was doing my job. Um, and so finally they, they call the trainer over, and it's like, hey, he's not right. He's saying some wacky stuff. You need to check him out. And so they did, they did the evaluation and, um, you know, I didn't remember anything until the next morning. And so, um, you know, there was that level of impact cognitively that I was just completely, completely out of it. And so um, took away my helmet and I guess apparently I kept trying to run back into the game. Like as soon as the defense was on the field, it was like, I knew I was supposed to be out there. So give me my helmet. I'm going back out there. Um, and so there was a lot of ways that that can happen without any awareness from the outside just observing and looking at a player that you may see that so it's really important to understand the the full scope of concussions and we'll talk about some of the phenotypes and you know various different types of concussions um but being aware of your uh of your players and what's happening um to be able to do that so anyway the whole reason i got into it is experiencing that concussion 
Um, and then fast forward, you know, I was starting to notice, um, you know, motor control issues. I was starting to notice personality changes. I was starting to notice just irritability and memory issues and stuff like that. And so once I started seeing the personality changes, the memory function, all that kind of stuff really go down the drain, that's when I started taking it seriously and getting kind of afraid because, again, that was right at the point that, you know, all this stuff with CTE and all that stuff was starting to come out with NFL and with Junior Seau and a lot of that stuff happening at that time. That's when, for me, it's like, okay, I need to take this seriously because I'm seeing this happen in myself. Um, and then fast forward a couple months later playing basketball, ended up having a major cerebellar concussion, led to me blowing out my knee twice, you know, Blew it out, had surgery, rehabbed, came back and played within that first week of being returned to play, blew it out again. You know, and so all that came back to cerebellar um, decompensation and, and the concussions that I had had the, the prior season in football. So he said a lot in there that takes a lot to unpack. Um, yeah, so um, so, so that's, that's kind of, he kind of had that personal story with the concussion. I had one as well, but that was more from an older brother choking me out and throwing me into the concrete floor. Um, that was at home, um, not necessarily through sports. But uh, so, so we, we kind of grew up with um, a, a childhood where it was a little competitive. There were eight boys in the family, so everything became a competition. Uh, and, and so then I played football, got, got into coaching high school football right out of college. Uh, and then I've, through, through the years, uh, after graduating um, with doctorate and everything, uh, still, still into coaching. And, uh, and it was just really frustrating to me seeing how this, your concussion was, what, 15, 16, 20 years ago maybe? Yeah. Um, and it really hasn't improved since then. And, uh, and kind of the, the wake up moment for me was one week, um, we had a, we, we were getting our, um, our injury report and on the injury report, uh, a team of 50 to 60 guys, uh, we had nine guys on the injury report with a suspected head or neck injury, which is code for concussion. Cause you don't actually put that on, on the injury report. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, wow, man, we've got a lot of guys out with a suspected head, neck, concussion, and there's something wrong going on here. Uh, and they're, they're just not being managed well. And so that was kind of the wake up moment for me. So that's when we both uh, pursued our postdoctorate in clinical neuroscience, studying functional neurology. We really sought out, okay, who is actually treating concussions? Who's on the front lines of concussion rehab, uh, research, all that stuff. So then we, we sought out the Carrick Institute uh, out of uh, out of Cape Canaveral, Florida. So we, we did our postdoctorate. I just passed my neurology boards this last summer. Uh, Sam's going to take them here next year. So uh, so that's that's kind of where we are. And then through that, um, we're also a little bit of an idealist and, and like to to question the the norm. And uh, and so in questioning that, um, all all the talk right now is. Um, how do you get better at diagnosing a concussion, which is important. There's a lot that needs to be done there. Um, like Sam said, none of the players knew it. Even the trainer at that point didn't necessarily know. And even as, as recent as five, six years ago when I was on the coaching staff, it was still suspected head or neck injury. And there was not really a good diagnosis. So that's important. Uh, but then also, um, we, we asked the question, okay, so, so talking about sports injuries like his ACL that, that he had after his concussion, uh, there, there's a lot of emerging research showing there are 
uh, musculoskeletal injuries post-concussion, a, a significant impact uh, on musculoskeletal injuries, especially lower extremity. Uh, and so, so looking at that, uh, we're also looking in with strength and training, uh, performance training, they're introducing a lot of um, preventive types of, of therapies and exercises into the performance training, um, such as Nordic hamstring curls with, with hamstring tears, things like that, where, where they're finding there's benefits to training uh, to reduce musculoskeletal injuries. That, that's why a strength and conditioning staff is, is incredibly valuable from not just getting guys on the field, but keeping them on the field. And so, 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 so with that, then we started to take that into the, the brain and the neurology paradigm and say, okay, is there a way that you can actually reduce your risk for concussion? And, and so that's when we started seeking out, are, are there any, any providers, any training staffs that are doing that? And, uh, and so we got connected with Dr. Joe Clark out of the University of Cincinnati, and they've been int introducing some, some neurovisual training and, and various uh, aspects that are, are showing a huge uh, improvement in reduced uh, rates of concussion. So um, they're, they're averaging about 20% of the rest of NCAA. Um, as a, as a baseline on concussion, so um, so so the, and that's been through several years. Uh, I believe it's been about eleven years now that they've been doing that. Uh, and then one year they bumped back up to baseline uh, because they had cut the training program out and they introduced it back in, dropped back down. So so it's showing some really good case studies that they're they're publishing uh, with that. And and now it's starting to be introduced into uh, into some of the professional levels. Some colleges are starting to pick it up. When we were training with Dr. Clark. Uh, I know uh, some of the NFL teams had training staff there, uh, some of their strength and conditioning as well as athletic training medical staff. So, uh, so it's, it's something that is on the verge of, okay, we, need, we see that this is the need, but at this point it's mostly done at that ultra high level. Uh, you have to earn your stripes. And then once you get there, then now you have access to this elite care. Um, and, and, and how many of these high school kids, like, like this guy that, you know, he's out playing Friday night football and he, know, he never has a chance to get to that level because, because of, of the injury he sustained, the, the future injuries with his ACL, all of those things. So, so that's kind of what our focus is, is how can we bring this from this elite level and try to bring it to the masses, to the kids that, that are uh, day in and day out injuring themselves and don't know the long-term ramifications of that.